Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of the Comedy Bureau Field Report. The Comedy Bureau Field Report, of course, is a member of the Believe podcast family uh that is why again you'll read it as leave in the comedy bureau field report on your favorite podcast app uh that is not the name of the podcast i would not misspell believe and then add it to the title uh, that is just the name of the network b-l-e-a-v leave um enough of that <laughs> and uh, on to uh yet another fantastic guest. Would you guess that I would have another fantastic guest? I hope you would. Um, one of my all-time favorite comedians, I've always uh, been thrilled uh, anytime I've seen it on stage. Uh, he's had albums, he's had specials. He did a spin move on the way to the mic on Conan. Sean Patton, everybody. Yes, I did do that. Shit, I forgot about that. Did you that clear was, that um, with JP? <laughs> JP, JP Buck, the Booker of Conan, wonderful, wonderful gentleman, one of eight decent human beings in the industry. Uh, and uh, JP's one of eight great human beings in the industry. Then there's the second tier of like 12 to 15 good people. Right. Then there's a third tier of one decent human being. Then there's the fourth tier of total dog shit people. Uh, that makes up what percentage? The, the rest of it. Uh, <laughs> that's about 350 people. So, but J, JP, JP is um, in the top, in the elite eight of great, of great people. And he, yeah, he suggested it. Not the spin move specifically. He was just like, when you go out there, don't feel the need to rush right into your set. Like, we're not going to start, start timing you until you talk. If you want to take a breath or a minute to just do anything, have a, whatever you want, man. Just be, be comfortable. And it was after he said that, and I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm just going to like – I didn't think of it until I was walking out there, though. Because <laughs> yeah. the spin move, when spontaneous, looks cool as shit. If mm-hmm. I had written that, it would look like a fucking idiot. Right. No, sponta- <laughs> I mean, there's so many great spontaneous entrances that happen – have happened on that show, and I think yeah. it's a result of that direction. Um, yeah, man. Really – I mean, that kicked off the set for me. I was on board. I mean, not that I would have been on board, but – Man, that's been moving. I was already laughing. So this is where this is where we find out you just hated it. You were like, "Well, I mean, okay, look, the rest of it was shit, but <laughs> man, that spin that spin move just really made me think. All right, I'll give this guy another chance right. after I'm done hating this set." And that's fair. <laughs> yeah, that's but how I've I watch always, it. Uh, 
look, when you wear hats like this, you mm-hmm. have to be honest. You have to be an honest person. This mm-hmm. is the thing about know this, people of right. the world who don't know Comedy Bureau's own Jay Kroger. Only someone who's got nothing to hide and is very honest can dress like him mm-hmm. and pull it off. Right. Because he's not trying anything. He's invited. You're walking around like a target for mm-hmm. people to fire their insecurities at. That's what you are. Oh, yeah. You're an insecurity target. You, right. are be- you are begging the fucking Seth Simmons of the world mm-hmm. to tear into your life and try and find something wrong. And there's nothing. Oh, thank you, You're man. a good man. Thank that's you. Why you dre- that's why you, dre- you dress that way to taunt us, and it works. <laughs> you know what's hilarious, man? Mike Lawrence, anytime he runs into me, he's just like, stop. I just got to get it out. And he has like two <laughs> minutes worth of roast jokes about what I look yeah. like. I'm like, and, I get it, man. And, and, you know, and that's totally fair coming from a 40-year-old man who only wears wrestling T-shirts. <laughs> yep. And his that's, one leather that's the, jacket. <laughs> yeah, that's the best roast joke I'll ever have for Mike Lawrence because he's infinitely better at roasting than any human being on the planet. So, Mike, if you come back at me, take it easy, please. But he fucking tear me down. Um, um, would I call you? Would I call you at your birthday party? A, a, mag- a pimp for imaginary friends. Oh yeah, a pimp for imaginary friends. That's great. Yeah, I still I have a collection of canes now that's probably doubled since the last time I saw you. Oh, buddy. Well, then you'd be fucking proud to see this fucker. My shillelagh. Right? Yeah. I, I remember yeah. I saw that on Instagram, and I was, uh, yeah, I was very pleased to see that. Notice I had to reach right there cause it, to get it. I didn't have to walk to another place because it's it's near me at all times. This right. Thing. Now, got, it in, got it in Dublin. Got it in Ireland. So. Oh, that's, oh, that's legit, man. Yeah. And then this, then this stick that I found <laughs> in the Karen Park a couple of days ago that I just liked, so I kept. Now, what is the quality of the stick that you like? You got to really describe it for our listeners. It's just a perfectly curved uh-huh. uh, that sits right at my waist side that is not strong enough to ever use as a cane or a weapon, right. but is a nice walking stick. You could you could shoo a cat away, right? You know, you could yeah. maybe you could maybe like brandish it like a switch if a robber was coming at you a mugger and right. they'd remember their drunk alcoholic father and run away yeah um, if you were a mean piano teacher that's what i my mind jumps to i mean definitely that's that now that's one but i wouldn't even this is this a mean piano teacher would be too enamored by the perfect curves of this thing and be like you know what everyone it's fuck it it's okay if you don't know what the g chords are <laughs> just play chopsticks for the rest while i go while i go write a beautiful ballad about this. I don't even know if there are G chords on a piano. There you go. I mean, there, 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 there is the G chords. I don't know how to play piano, but there is. Yeah, well, I'm taking your word for it, fellow person who doesn't know how to play piano. <laughs> yep, that's, yeah, that's what we're all doing, just taking each other's word for it. Um, Jake, Jake, this is why you and I get along, because outside of comedy, we pretty much know very little. And we, <laughs> but we, we brandy about, like we both have doctor, like PhDs, which mm-hmm. we, you know what? Fuck that. We do. We both have PhDs from the University of Life. Oh yeah, okay. master's so. degree at least. Mm-hmm. I have master's degree of life. I'll take that. Um, <laughs> not having anything to do with the actual uh, trademark school of life. Have you heard of this? Hey, let me. There's something Kanye started. Oh, no, there's a, okay. a philosopher named uh, Alain de. Uh, de Botton, and okay. he's British, and he founded a quote-unquote school of life. Finally, yeah, 
So Finally. someone took that. But, you know, I think the legit OG school of life, yeah, we have a master's degree. Um, I mean, make it a PhD. Who cares, man? And, uh, you know, MBA, MD, MBA, whatever you want. Yeah, an MB, a WNBA. That's, I have yeah. a WNBA from the school of life. Yeah. <laughs> um, Which means that I'm just as good as others, but I don't get paid as much. Right. Uh, it's significantly so. Um, sometimes you'll have to keep two jobs to do it. <laughs> I know. Fuck. In fact, I'm, in fact, I just went back to the school of life and got my, uh, <laughs> my MBA, uh, fucking masturbators in business and whatnot, mm-hmm. because that's how I feel sometimes where it's like, I got, I spent so much time caring about stand up, mm-hmm. and I, I ignore and just ignored all the business side for the past 15 years. Now yeah. I'm really fe- I'm feeling that pain. <laughs> you and the rest of uh, comedy, pretty much. I mean, comedians as a whole, their lack of enthusiasm for the business side is why the business side even exists as a job. Yeah, like, but they're if but you yeah, figured it yeah. out, you know. I mean, yeah, but there are some there are some trailblazers out there, like the Come Town Boys and right. uh, Tim Dillon. And uh, I, and I and I know some people want to shit on Schultz, but I like what Schultz has done. Like sure. uh, they they've just carved out these. And, and I know I didn't name any women just now, but I'm not. I, I I'm just not aware of any uh, that are do that are like at that that are doing like what like a Tim does. And that's not an insult. That's just saying I personally, I'm sure there are female comedians crushing it on Patreon. I'm just personally, I don't know any off the top of my head. But right. uh, and and you got to say that sort of shit now because I don't want to be attacked. For probably, not knowing, probably I, Corin and you know the guys we fucked. Podcast. The guys we fucked girls. Though I feel like they don't even are they even on Patreon? I feel like they, I feel like they were on Patreon at one point. I, just like my favorite murder was on Patreon at one okay. point. Okay, but but okay, that's where I was being specific. Like my favorite murder and I, the guys we fucked girls. To me, they like jumped off before Patreon was needed. Mm-hmm. Like they got. I know those girls got their podcast sold, bought. I forget what network it was, but they made oh, yeah, a fucking ton of money. Yeah. Yeah, so like they they got off before. I'm talking specifically about Patreon, right. where it's like uh, uh, someone like a Tim Dillon doesn't need anyone, doesn't mm-hmm. need a manager, doesn't need a fucking agent at this point, doesn't need the industry at all. Right. To just make his videos and collect his Patreon money and tour and get paid from that and do his podcast. I don't even think he does sponsors on his podcast. Wow. And I respect that. There's something there's something about podcasting. Especially now, where you've got like the other day, my my partner was lit. Caitlin was listening to, um, it's a podcast called I think it's called Unintelligent or Un Unsmart Nonsmart. It's 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 got it's Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, right, and Sean Hayes, right, right. Three insanely successful actors, yes. like insanely successful, like top tier success level, right. and they do they don't a, stop and working. They do, yeah. Right. And they do a podcast now, which is fine. It's mm-hmm. a good podcast. But what drives my soul to the to the point of the fucking cliff is hearing them take ad breaks. <laughs> yeah, right. Where it's like, why the fuck are you, Jason Bateman, now trying to convince me to to buy a dietary supplement? I don't fuck I don't believe you. You don't need this money. Just right. do the podcast. But right. anyway. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. The office ladies, the Jenna Fisher and um, Angela, uh, they, even at the start of the pandemic, they were doing ad reads for Pontiac. And like, I was like, who is this for? 
who who is this for i'm listening to you recap episodes of the office i'm not looking for a new car right right and like the fucking yeah like the girls the guys we fucked girls like they they i mean that's what i'm saying like they like they popped off a while ago but like they Mm -hmm. they don't fucking do ad reads on their podcast as far as i I don't think anyway or if they do it's for but they, they I do. mean, that's, that, that's interesting because they also sell out theater theaters. But I right. guess, like, revenue is revenue. But yeah, but that, you know who they that's... do ad reads for? Oh, like oh. Diet Coke, which is insane to me. Yeah, like the guys we fucked girls doing ad reads for, like, KY or, like, the Pocket Rabbit, the Pocket Bumblebee. Right. That makes sense. I did um, Louis uh, J. Gomez's Real Ass podcast yesterday, and he did an ad read for a bidet company. Mm-hmm. And they and they and they, it says on the copy just like be explicit, which is fucking amazing. <laughs> right. But it's also like yeah, ad revenue. Like the kind of people that listen to Lewis's podcast mm-hmm. don't want to hear him go into like product mode. They want to hear him be like, by the way, when you take a big fucking shit, mm-hmm. toilet paper sucks. Use a bidet, and it's right. like yeah, that's yeah. good advertising. But those everyone I just named all kind of like are new to money or aren't making jason bateman level fucking money right so that's what that's my point is like oh really being mm-hmm. an executive producer director and star of of ozark as well as the outsider as well as every fucking movie he's done for the past 10 years isn't enough money anyway point now we're just complaining no more right. of that <laughs> man i you know for a second sean i yeah. almost forgot that there was a pandemic and there a cultural uprising and reckoning. I just for a second. <laughs> I, th- I really thought you were about to say for a second, Sean, I almost forgot how miserable of a fuck you are. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were about to be like, it's, it feels like we are in my Mazda 3 mm-hmm. driving, driving from the West Side Comedy Theater uh-huh. uh, to, the, to the fucking improv mm-hmm. so you can do a spot Mm-hmm. And you're because you're an idiot and didn't think to rent a car and you haven't downloaded Zoom or Lyft yet. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know how many times you saved you you simultaneously saved my ass uh-huh. with your car, but also like prolonged my inevitable downloading of the Uber app. Because I, I just I don't know how many how many. Please tell at, me. At, at, at least if I had a dollar for every time, mm-hmm. I'd have I could get a pack of cigarettes. Uh, in any state outside of New York, because they're fourteen dollars here, and it didn't happen that many times. But uh, but yeah. a quick, at least five to ten times where I was like, "Fuck, how am I going to get from show A to show B?" Wait, Kroger will probably be there. Yeah. Maybe maybe if I do well enough, he'll offer me a ride. And there's times <laughs> where I didn't, and those times when you didn't offer me a ride, I was like, "I didn't do well enough, so I need this." So I need to walk so I can think about how to make the shit better. Oh God, I would. That was your inner dialogue, <laughs> man. Well, I'm just gonna preemptively say whenever you know I could, you know, feasibly give you a ride from show A to B, uh, I will. You can just count on it. Period. <laughs> like I just will give it to you. Well, now I'm an adult and I'll rent my own car instead of cool. just being like, "Hey, guys, can I fucking?" That's that's a thing. And every comic, once you start working, I think there's like a, like a, you go, there's like a, um, there's transitions you go through. Like when you first start going on the road and making money, and I, I can only speak for road comics like myself. I've, I've never had like a writing job or anything like that, but like, right. 
you start making money, but you're still in broke ass comic mode. So for that first two years, right. when you start actually going on the road, you're still sleeping on people's couches. Mm-hmm. Um, you're still wearing like fucking Adidas Sambas right. uh, everywhere. Cause you mm-hmm. only have two pairs of shoes oh, yeah. um, and one pair of jeans. Um, you're still drinking PBR at bars and you're still right. just like living like you still are broken. And then you have the realization of like, wait, I should fancy it up a little bit. And that, I think that's when everybody goes a little too far mm-hmm. where suddenly like people start showing up and like, are you, is that a matching velour jumpsuit? Right. And you're wearing this on stage now. And, yeah. oh, did you buy a sob? Why yeah. did you buy a sob or an Audi? And right. then like you start drinking fucking bourbon neat. Mm-hmm. And bars, right. and then all, and then and then, <laughs> and then stage three goes either. Uh oh, I spent too much money. Gotta go back to sleeping on couches and Adidas Sambas, or right. you jump to the next level of like, bro, I get these, I get these pants tailor made every time I'm in Madison. Right. You know. Yeah. So, I yeah. remember Ryan Sickler saying to Tom Segura, like, I'm concerned that you're taking too many private jets. Jesus Christ. Because he just, like, he was at a level where he's like, fuck it. I'll just do that. You also have to, I think, I also think it's important at a certain point in comedy to just accept you're never going to be at a certain level and just make peace with it. Like, I don't, I don't think I will ever be at that Segura level. And that's not so, that's not so much about me. That's also just about the time. Like, Tom's fucking wonderful. He's a hilarious comedian, great dude. And his success is, you know, 98% his, but it's also 2% the timing of the world. Like they just, there was just, there just wasn't a Tom Segura. Now he's filled. Now he's, now he's Tom. But like, I I don't think like, there'll just never be another Tom or another. I think every year that goes by the level of like, like size, like, I don't think there's going to be an arena comic. I think Kevin Hart was the last arena comic. Yeah, I agree with that. I like, the it. fact that Chappelle and Rogan have to team up now mm-hmm. to go on an arena tour means, like, okay, so those guys can only do 6,000 tickets each. <laughs> yeah. And that's fine. But, like, right. it's just, like, even if I was as successful as Tom at some right. point, 20 years, 30 years from now, I'm still not going to make – there won't be private jets involved. Right. But the question then becomes, will there be an arena podcast? I think, I don't know. I don't, I don't think, I think, I think, I think that arena podcasts, I hope it is. I hope not because I think (laughs) arena, I think arena, anything except sports ruins the thing. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like I think there's definitely, there's theater podcasts already and there should be large theater podcasts, like 5,000 seats. Great. But when you get to like 15,000 people, I feel like you're not, only 40% of that, that, that audience tops is actually listening to you. Right. Absolutely, man. I think about that yeah. all the time in terms of uh, Jim Gaffigan. One, he, the last time the Pope was in America, he got to technically open for the Pope. For the Pope, yeah. Yeah. And it was like, <clears throat> you know, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And I think like Philly or something. And it was outdoors. And it was just Jim, he was in this mindset where he just like, he, there's no way you could even hear a response. Cause there, if, if there's that many thousands of people, even mm-hmm. silence is loud. Yeah, dude. I mean, like I, 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 I've never performed in an arena. I know people who have, and the reviews vary, mm-hmm. but the largest theater I've done thus so far mm-hmm. uh, is in Melbourne, mm-hmm. 
the I think it's a St. Vic theater. I was for the Melbourne Comedy Fest, which is 4,000 people, right? right? And it was so totally sold out. And I was only doing, you know, a 10-minute set on this, like, show, on the showcase. But even that, at 4,000, even that, there were moments where it felt like, holy shit, plot, like, get to the next, get, even though they're laughing, because they laugh and it comes in waves at four, even at 4,000 people. Right. And you're still, you're, like there's a sense of like urgent thing don't right. give them any time but then like sometimes in like clubs or smaller theaters or venues those mm-hmm. little moments between the jokes between mm-hmm. the bits are important as well just to kind of oh. like communicate in other ways than just verbally to the audience mm-hmm. what's going on and like i don't know it's it's very i don't know it's it's, it's my point is i think i should be in 1500 seaters by the end of the decade yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. I, I, Hey, and you got a, you got a lot of time to do that for sure. You got the entire decade, actually. My whole, my whole plan, my whole new campaign mm-hmm. is a hundred thousand tickets a year by 2029. <laughs> nice. I don't, even, I don't even know how many that is really, but anyway, I know, but continue. We got. Yeah. I, uh, I, if I have anything to do with it, I will try to help you along as I would with my car. Um, I want to hear more about what, um, doing shows now is like, but let's do some news. Let's get the news. Let's get to the news. Yeah. With the world in such upheaval, you might stop and take a look in the mirror and notice that you're tired. You feel tired. You look tired. I don't know about the feeling part, but there's a way to not look tired. In fact, with Plexiderm, you might even look your best. Uh, With Plexiderm, all you need is 10 minutes and you can look 10 years younger. Plexiderm is a clinically studied serum that gives your appearance the right kind of changes. It visibly reduces wrinkles, fine lines, and even under eye bags in minutes and the results will last for hours. Or what is time? just as long as you make yourself feel better by looking your best. You can try a six-application trial pack for just $14.95 with free shipping when you visit triplexiderm.com and use the code BLEAV. Again, that's triplexiderm.com and use the code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout. Make those wrinkles, lines, and under-eye bags disappear with Plexiderm um, and you can stand looking at yourself in the mirror while you're stuck in quarantine. Let's get to the news. Uh, we're going to run through these really quick because there is a lot to get through, and we had so <clears throat> a lot of fun chit-chatting at top. Um, I'm going to start off. This just broke like a few hours ago. Sam J is going to get her own HBO talk show. Uh, Sam oh. J is of course a writer on SNL currently, but she uh, uh, has been a great standup for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, was in LA for a minute before she got hired on SNL and continued to do standup. And she has a great special that premiered earlier this year called Three in the Morning. Um, and yeah, she's gonna get her own talk show half hour um, in 2021. Uh, it'll be on HBO and HBO Max. That's great. Sam, Sam's Sam's awesome. Yeah. and. She's, it's also a voice you don't hear much from mm-hmm. the Bostonian black lesbian. No. Yeah. Like that's like you, that, name me one other one, just one. 
I can't. other Bostonian black lesbian comedian. And she's fucking hilarious and mm-hmm. smart and pulls no punches and throws more kicks. Oh, so yeah. Fuck yeah. I think it's it's going to be possibly even wilder than Deza Samaro. If I know Sam, and that's a good, yeah, it's, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, I, I, um, yeah, yeah, because that that they're such a refreshing voice in late night, um, that's so different in every regard, and it's what even now it's much more fun to watch them than like go over the news than almost all the other late night hosts because it's, it, you know, it's that rat race for the same like um, five to ten monologue jokes, and often they write mm-hmm. the same punchline. Mm-hmm. And those guys are actually like of the people. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like they didn't go to Harvard. They didn't come through the fucking SNL uh, late night writing pipeline. No. Like they're, they're from podcasting. So, and from podcasting, I mean, they literally just took hanging out. Like they're called the Bodega Boys because they hung out in front of bodegas and did what they do now. And then they just yeah. had a podcast and that worked well enough to where they did it on Vice and then now they do it on Showtime. It's pretty great. It's pretty fucking great. You know they do their own warm-up? Oh, shit. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> they just get like, pre, like pre-show topics that their um, director just like, oh, uh, like it gets their brain firing. And uh, they do that for yeah. like 10 minutes. That That's- makes sense too because like I, sometimes warm-up uh, – Warm up is interesting. Yeah, it's almost uh, yeah, moronic. Well, because I mean, like Jimmy Pardo used to Jimmy Pardo, who is brilliant, mm-hmm. used to be the warm up guy on oh, Conan. Yeah, and anyone who ever did Conan during those years, myself included, like would I? And I'll tell you, he just exposed eighty percent of that audience for how just. Just straight up, like, I don't want to say dumb, because I think that's too easy of a word to use for someone who doesn't have a sense of humor, but just, you're talking hard-headed, numbskulled audience who's just like, I don't, why why is this guy throwing ideas mm-hmm. and words at me at this taping of a comedy show, you know? And, and I think even Conan said it was like, we loved having him. It just didn't, it just wasn't the right fit, maybe. But like, yeah, like warm-up's interesting. Because you see what successful warm-up comedy has to be, and it's like, right, mm, interesting. You know? Oh yeah, in that in that very uh, very um, not so nice way of saying interesting. Well, there were some great there are some great warm-up there's some way great warm-up guys out there. I mean, of course, but there's also some like straight up like people who basically go out and just do call and response. Right. No, well, that's basically that's just what do I'm crowd work. Stock. There's like a very stereotypical stock type of warm-up that doesn't even require you to be that funny. Yeah, it just requires you to be in control. Yeah. You know? It's more babysitting than anything else, slash making fun of every audience member. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, I mean, and whatever. I mean, you know, I, I don't begrudge anyone to, uh, for how they make a living in this business. Sure. But, but, like, I also know that, like, hey, you know, there's every other show is going to want a warm-up guy. So if Jesus and Mero want to do, if they want to do it by themselves, fucking a, fucking a, let them do it. Yeah, no one's taking it away from them. No, not at all, not at all. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Sam J just talked to the audience for her one. That'd be great. She just. Uh, I, I could actually, I, I could actually see Sam being like, no warm up, 
fuck right. it. I'm just going to react to them like I actually would. Right. Because, like, we've seen enough of that over the past 50 years of, like, super hot audiences. And we all know about applause signs. And we all know that right. this, the whole speech of the hotter you are, the better they are. I would love it if Sam just went out and was like, no, fuck it. Cold audience. I'm going to treat them for real. Like, if I yeah. say some shit that's funny and they don't laugh, I will berate them and make them feel so stupid that right. they will definitely laugh at the next one. Yep. yep. <laughs> like, that would, that would be refreshing to be like, man, she's just going for it in front of a fucking shit crowd. But these are great jokes. <laughs> right. I I would do that reminds me of like uh you, you ever watch the Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson? He would he would never do monologue jokes. He would just do this sort of thematic monologue. And sometimes he oh, would yeah. stand on different parts of the stage. He'd pose. He wouldn't be at the desk, or like he wouldn't be at the desk. It, and he just wanted to be off kilter as much as possible. It was interesting. That was actually yeah. That was actually something I really enjoyed a lot about the the Pete Holmes show, the right. short lived Pete Holmes show. Mm-hmm. was his monologues were never topical. No. They were just kind of like thematic, like, you know, sort of conceptual. Like he would just kind of like, and they, and they sometimes fit into some of the sketches and sometimes not, but it was like, right. I just liked the idea of watching a, a, a talk show host not have, have to comment right. on the news. Right. It's like, nah, he's going to talk about whatever he feels like talking about. Yeah. One day we'll get back to that, I hope. One day. I hope. One day. Uh, on onwards and upwards, uh, Bob's Burgers and Family Guy got renewed for two seasons each. Uh, Bob's Burgers is going to get its 12th and 13th season, and Family Guy is 19th and 20th season at Fox. Um, which, well, you know, Netflix has been a, a decent challenger to them, and who's had some decent animated adult animated things, but it seems like Fox is just going to continue to have this animation block that just is going to dominate. Outside of well, Adult Swim too. Now that I think of it, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's room. There's room for animation. Yeah, there's there, there's room for it all. Well, you there's going to be way more of it because that's the easier thing to produce right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, uh, yeah. There's uh, voiceover shot. <laughs> no, I mean, I would totally do voiceover. Right. But I have I have the curse of looking and sounding too much like too many other people. Like I'm talking about just physical aesthetic and like vocal right reverberation like i just sound like too many different people and look like too many different people so like i don't i don't ever get i'll never get cast in shit right and i've i've come to terms with it i've accepted that but like i have been i have auditioned for so much that i don't get and when i see the person who gets it it's always someone who's been around longer than me who looks exactly like me really Damn. Always, 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 always. I could name names, but I don't want to be that fucking guy because that just comes off as bitter. But there's like five actors who like all got the thing. I'm like, yep, no, it makes sense. They're a more established, more successful, rotund, mm-hmm. uh, darker skinned, loud guy. Right. And I wish I could not look like this, but I hate the way my face looks without the beard. Mm-hmm. And I can't lose weight. I'm naturally square. Right. Well, you know, maybe oh. if there's an animated series that's, uh, I don't know, it's like some paranormal comedy and it's set in New Orleans and they uh, have a monster that says Nolens, uh, maybe you'll voice that. I will, I, w- I would commit suicide while saying it. 
And I would hope someone would leak that audio so that everyone would know, don't say Nolans. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's totally fine. Like, I mean, you know, voiceover is great, man. I would, I mean, you can also voiceover, you can also change your voice up and be like, it's me. I, I'm Joey Toenails, you know? And so I, yeah. I just, but voiceover is also a very specific world. And like, it's not easy to break into. And so it's good that there's more stuff out there. Sure. And that's, that's more opportunity. What uh do you uh do you have like a ranking in of like that Fox block of uh Family Guy and uh Bob's Burgers and uh The Simpsons and all that? Do you, I mean do you have a preference of which one to watch? I mean if I honestly I don't watch any of them. I I do I watch I bet that's uh, actually a good majority of people. You know, can I you know it's really fucked up and I can just be honest about this. I do not consume a lot. Sure. Food, yes, but like <laughs> I wasn't asking, but yeah. But like years ago, like I, I don't know. I just sort of like a lot. There's a lot of great stuff out there. I'm not saying there's not, but there, it's also just like it's too easy to get sucked into. I don't agree. I I don't like binge watching. I hate that it is, exists and that it's a possibility. Right. And I'm doing it right now. Like I'm fucking rebit. I'm I'm watching Better Call Saul for the first time, and I love it. But I also kind of hate the fact that I can that I can do a, a season in a day. Right. And there's so much out there that I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to get to it all at my own speed. But, like, mm-hmm. I try to avoid everything, if I'm being honest. What do you do with your time, man? I, I write a lot. I fucking do a lot of – I try and exercise more. I walk a lot. I also am in my head a lot, trying to figure out what I – my creations and my uh, life – you know, um, fair. That's great. Spend, spend a lot of time in here. You know, it's, we're on episode 41 of my, we're on season 41 of my brain. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's going, you know, hopefully not going anywhere anytime soon, but like, but, but you know, Yo, it, it did. Is it the thing where uh, COVID s- split your season order this time? You're going to have a, like a season 41A and season 41B. I mean, dude, this whole pandemic's been, yeah, right? It's been, like, the first few months was just sort of, like, riding it out, mm-hmm. trying to figure out, like, just, just you know, taking in as much information as possible, staying as informed as possible. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, all the protests and all that, uh, the, that, that was a lot of mental energy and just a lot of, like, staying involved, staying informed. Mm-hmm. And then the past couple months have been the realization for me personally, like, this isn't going to just... I, no, I no, I wasn't naive enough to think it was going to go away, but there is no fucking plan, and no. <laughs> I, I, I do, and I do believe the shit is really fly by the seat of the pants, and it's just going to be that way for the entire fucking globe. So mm-hmm. for me personally, it's been a lot of figuring out how to adjust and how to move forward in that. Right. And wow, what a humdinger! But whatever. Yeah. No. Yeah, we can we can talk about that after the news because it ties into the comedy stuff. You got it. Um, yeah. So those uh, got renewed. Uh, Sarah Silverman talking about uh, famous people getting podcasts is launching her own podcast, uh, which well, kind of crazy because I thought she would already had one. Yeah, I mean that's one of those things where, as you're saying it, I'm like, did he get one of these from the 2017 <laughs> uh, episode of this show? But yeah, like she should. Yeah, she Sarah should. She should have one. Yeah, I yes. mean, she had. She's had. She's had two TV shows, and both were short-lived, and both were great. Mm-hmm. So, give her a podcast now, where the network can't take it away from her. You know. 
Right. And she can heal America one person at a time. Uh, for those mm -hmm. unfamiliar of I Love You America, there was a lot of uh, time and energy spent, like, you know, talking to people who are pro-Trump or, uh, you know, uh, online trolls and finding yeah. out that they just are severely damaged, mistrustful people, mm -hmm. mistrusting people that they like, well, you know, I just uh, tried to seek out their humanity. And then, you know, we found a common ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that you got, uh, I like that a lot. That was fun. It was. Uh, it's going to be uh, part of cast media. It uh, will be called the Sarah Silverman podcast. Uh, and it will just kind of be her take on stuff. Um, and she'll, uh, I'm, I'm betting she'll have some guests. There's nothing announced beyond that. But that is going to happen uh, soon. Um, Borat 2 is not only finished, it is um, going to come out uh, the day before election day on Amazon. How, did, but how, how on the, right? How, like, I was about to say, how in the world did he go to another world or an alternate reality? Or did he figure out how to time travel and go back to like 2003 when no one had ever heard of Borat? Because like, right. How, how the fuck can he walk around in that character and take anybody by surprise? So reportedly, reportedly, it's Borat doing other characters. Oh, Jesus. He went full fucking multi-layer meta. Yeah. All right. I'm interested. I'll, dude, I, I will... Anything Sasha Baron Cohen does, I right. will give a chance. Do anything. You, right. Do you think because there, the, the release date happens to be before Election Day that there is a James Comey-level secret in Borat 2? I mean... How fucking perfect would that be? You know? Or if there was actually findings in the Russia probe and they were like, hang on to it. We're going to let Borat deliver these. It, it would make too much you know? sense for what, 2020 in this time? In our Dude, <laughs> if, it was like, if it was like a year ago when that all ended, they were like, look, we can, hang, we can hang on for a year. Let them finish filming the movie. Borat's from Kazakhstan, which is probably, has some hard, has, feels a certain way about russia right so so though that that reveal will be spectacular i would love i mean i mean yeah like i said that guy that guy goes for it no matter what so i'll i'll give him a chance borat too fuck yeah i'll give it a chance i do find it kind of ironic that it's being released uh via amazon but that's uh you know because they can't do a theatrical release like they would want to um that's why they're doing amazon Oh, because you think because he hates because he's or because Amazon's Amazon. Amazon is Amazon, and uh, a lot of people can see it at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, Amazon. That the thing about Amazon that's truly fucking scary is like everything is owned by Amazon. People mm -hmm. don't. Only people don't like the servers that that Netflix uses are owned by Amazon. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like right. Jeff Bezos is a billionaire, almost trillionaire, not only because of the fact that they corner the market on home delivery, instant buy shit like like that. That company owns fucking everything. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's going to like in, in, in 10, 15 years, it's going to be Amazon. The wars aren't going to be between countries. It's going to be corporations. Right. It's going to be Amazon versus Disney. Right. I bet if you measured Amazon and GDP, and I don't know how you would do that for a company, but I bet there's a way. Yeah. 
I bet they would be among the top like 20 richest nations. And also do like what Amazon does as a business practice. If any other business was doing it, they'd be sued fucking out the, I mean, sued into submission. Cause like Amazon, the moment something starts selling well on Amazon, Amazon just creates its own generic bullshit version of that same product and then puts it at the top of the recommendations. Right. Like, so imagine like a fucking restaurant being like, Oh, you, big Macs, those sell. Well, we've got, uh, you know, big, big, large jacks, the same <laughs> yeah. exact fucking thing. Right. I mean, I guess that's arguably what capitalism is, but like, that's why I think, I don't know. I, I, I am, I, and I haven't figured out a way to eloquently articulate it, mm-hmm. but the motherfucker who is the super hyper pro capitalist who's like, that's just business. And meaning that ethics, the like taking like the, mm-hmm. all of the bullshit that is done in the name of business and oh, yeah. people still excuse that that person who makes that argument is a garbage human being. And if you are listening to this right now and you're like, no, no, I disagree, man. That's just how business works. No, you're wrong. That's how unchecked uh, fucking cruel, unfair monstrous business works Mm -hmm. and capitalism doesn't actually have to be that way right right these are systems created by man we created these systems they didn't exist before we fucking evolved they were there they were not there is my point we created them we could make little twerks that go okay you want to corner the market of home delivery instant buy fine but you can't steal the idea and do your own version on your website that's it yeah, that's just a slight fucking tweak we're making to this free market, and I do free in <laughs> quotes because it's anything yeah. but a fucking free market. It's oh, all yeah. bullshit. Ninety percent of billionaires were millionaires because they inherited the money. I also don't think inheritance should be. I think half when you die, right. if you have over a certain amount of money, half of that money goes back into the system. Your right. family only gets half of it. I think that's fucking fair. Because right. you made that money by coming up in the system. Now give back to it. And your family, they'll be fine with $2.5 million instead of $5 million. And that's a low fucking number, you fucking cunts. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> it's all good, man. I take all kinds here, you know? Yeah, you do. Yeah, I'm all about it, man. Uh, yes, there is a problem with, you know, with how much money Jeff Bezos has made via Amazon. Um, his ex-wife, just by divorcing him, automatically became one of the richest people in the world. That's how much money he has. And um, someone pointed out, uh, I forget the exact number, but every full-time Amazon employee right now uh, could be given a gigantic, and I'm talking tens of thousands of dollars uh, bonus right now. And Jeff Bezos would be left reportedly with the same amount of money he had before the pandemic started. You know what, dude? Or if, if, if Amazon was a Shafir, was run, if it was Shafir, I say Shafir because Ari Shafir is still the only fucking guy I've ever met who splits the money equally. When you do like, when you do like, a show at the bell house and it's $25 tickets and it's sold out and you're only on there telling a 10 minute story. Doesn't matter. You get an equal cut of the pie. Right. And that's all I've done. I've opened, I've done 
a lot of Ari's shows live. He does that with every single one of them. Mm-hmm. So like by, by the rationale of most clubs and shows, the person who books it, whose name is on the show gets all the money and you get a little piece of it, but Ari splits it evenly. Cause he's like, ah, fuck it. Mm-hmm. So some, so I've done, I've done one fucking 15 minute story on an Ari Shafir show, storytelling show that has paid as much as five shows at a comedy club. Damn. It's like, what? You're insane. So like if Amazon did that, if that was the tweak where I was like, okay, you could steal ideas, but guess what? Everyone who works here gets an equal cut of all this fucking money. Yeah. That's, there you go. That's free market capitalism. If you're going to make that much goddamn money, you have to split it with every single employee from the CEO to the goddamn janitor Mm -hmm. of uh, one of your shipping stations in Juneau, Alaska. Everyone who works there gets an equal cut. Yeah. And they'd all, they'd all be eight worth eight figures. That's okay. Yeah. And they could do that, but the pro this is another problem with free market capitalism and we'll get back to comedy in a second. Um, Mm -hmm. Because they're a publicly traded company, they're not going to do that. They investors and they got to just exponentially grow all the time. To what ends? Who knows? That's why they have to own everything. Yeah, yeah. Take them down, Disney, but then Disney would do the same thing. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, And other news, new faces for JFL Montreal got announced. Um, Did you see who it was? They they did a full class this year. It doesn't matter who it is. It's horse shit that they're doing it this year. Right. That That is unbelievable horse shit. Like JFL, shame on you. That's bullshit. I don't think like, they're even doing stand-ups, man. I think it's just the creators category. What do you mean? The people. So you know, you got your stand-ups, and then right. you got your character people, and then there's the unrep people, right. and then there are the sketch filmmaker people that are the creators. So, but they're what? They're just gonna watch? It's gonna be a Zoom show that people watch? I, I bet it's gonna be a Zoom show with Q and A. That's what I. That's what I'm guessing. All right, that's not as bad as I was thinking. So not so much shame on you, JFL, but still. So they're not doing new faces stand-ups. Not, not as far as I know. And I mean, half of these people don't even do stand-up. Okay. Now I, I'm going to walk back what I said a little bit. <laughs> All right. You cool? I thought, I thought you were saying new faces as far as stand-ups. If they were doing that, that I would have an issue because that's fucked up because some people mm-hmm. really care about getting that and to have to do it online yeah, would be fun. just fucked up. That'd just be cruel and fucked up. It's already fucked up what they do to the unrepped kids, but like... Oh, yeah. 110%. But, but like... Yeah, okay, so... They also should just cancel, cancel the shit for a year. Just cancel skip a year. year. Who cares? Just skip a year. The Emmys were on Zoom. Did people give a shit? No, they didn't. Oh, I forgot about that. Wait, hold on one second. Hold on one sec. All right. Oh. You all right? Oh. Technical difficulty, Sean? You look like someone's... Interesting. Some, someone upstairs is playing a tuba. Oh, no. Can you hear it, though? No, I can't hear it. Okay, that's not an issue. Um, but uh, I can could, I could just hear it in the background. I was like, is there a dog crying? <laughs> oh, no. It's a, someone playing a tuba. Well, I mean, also, like, I don't, I don't think JFL should do new faces every year. I think that's kind of sucks. I think it should be like the Olympics. They should do it every four years. Right. You've got people who are actually 
Because mm-hmm. it always seems to be a combination of people who aren't ready or people who are already successful. Oh, yeah. They and don't it doesn't it. fucking matter that they're getting seen by industry because they could just be seen by industry when their already existent manager or agent show, sends a link to that right. industry. One of my favorite uh, – I did. I was there in 2018. Mm-hmm. No, this is maybe 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, and I won't say who the person is, but they're an industry person who I like. They're definitely in the Elite Eight, but not JP. Someone else. Someone else, they're like, hey, are you going to go to New Faces? We're at the bar. They're like, hey, are you going to go to New Faces? And she goes, no, I'll just watch all of their Conan sets. And you're <laughs> like, yeah, because they all had already been on Conan or were already on Netflix or already. And it's like, there doesn't, like, I get it. There's a lot of fucking. Com- what? That person's name start with a J? With a C. Oh, with a C. Oh, all right. And it, and it ends with a, uh, I was about to say their full name, but I'm not going <laughs> to. Um, but um, I'll give you a hint. They work at Netflix Radio and do a damn. Oh fine, yeah, yeah. I one hundred, I thousand percent know who this is. They do a damn fine job. They're they, great. They're they're they're, they're right. up there. They're up there with JP in the Elite Eight. Um, oh man! If you want someone who's more honest with me, and I'm one hundred percent honest through and through, that person is more honest than yeah. me about comedy. She's awesome. She's awesome. Um, and uh, but but but. That's the thing where it's like, why do this every year? Like mm-hmm. make it sacred again. Every yeah. four years, like the Olympics. Make, yeah. Like now they just, they push so much shit out there. And I'm not, I, look, I'm not, mm-hmm. I don't mean to call other comedians shit. I don't like to be that guy, but right. they just take a lot of people and put them in situations they aren't fucking ready for that right. these people believe that they should be ready for. Right. And the truth is, if you're a young comic listening to this, I hate to say it. I've had some great times at the JFL comedy festivals. Uh, they're a lot of fun, but they do not hold the same sway over your career anymore. It is yeah. not ten years ago. Maybe it did. Now it they really now you're just doing it for a fucking notch in your belt and yeah. something a couple of other festival bookers will pay attention to. But like the, it's a great time. I've always enjoyed going. All the people there are cool, but straight up, don't fucking get in your. Don't even think about it. Right. There's so many other ways to become successful right now. Like I earlier, dude, get, get a fucking great podcast together, work on your act, set up a Patreon and fucking just become great at comedy. Right. You'll be fine. Right. I would point people to Dave Anthony where he was in a new faces class with like, yeah. um, Attell and okay. I want to say Sarah Silver or something like, but a bunch of people that really blew up and, uh, you know, Dave's Dave, and uh, he went through kind of a rough patch for a while, and then Dave's, Dave's fine. You know? He did the dollop, and now yeah. it's one of the best, like most popular podcasts, and tours the globe with it. Yeah, I mean, like fucking Norman, mm-hmm. like Mark was Mark never did new faces, mm-hmm. and that and Mark's not Mark's special online just had five million views. Like Mark's Mark's doing fantastic. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. Michael Che. Mm-hmm. told them no he said i'm not doing the shit mm-hmm. no i think it was they didn't give him new faces one year and then the next year after he succeeded they were like hey you want to come do the fest and he's like no so it's like i'm not i'm just saying like i there was i've heard so many young comics be like oh montreal it really it's not going to do shit for you right. you have to do shit for you right so should i read these names who got it <laughs> and if you really want to i probably don't yeah go for it <laughs> 
um so i mean i don't think th- these aren't the stand-ups that would have gotten these it, are the creators they, yeah the creators the so creators. 2020's new faces it's interesting that they're branding it just like that uh caleb huron uh mary neely nick ciarelli brad evans um where's oh rika shankar and one more oh youtuber jay snow because they always have to have a youtube person i mean they all they all sound like amazingly talented people i don't know any of them but yeah you know i'm sure they're all great I'm sure they'll have a great Zoom show for that free virtual yeah. JFL Montreal Fest on October 9th and October 10th. And like, yeah, that festival does a lot of the greatest comedians on the planet do that festival because it is a fun festival to do and it gives you money and you do get to perform. Like it's always sold out. It's always fun. But right. like, I just, I don't think people, cause I know people who've gone, I know great comedians who've also gone to JFL and had a horrible time. Oh yeah. And they're now doing splendidly. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't know if they want me calling out their shit, so I'm not going to say who, but I can tell you right now, off the top of my head, I can think of five comedians who went to JFL, bombed, bombed, had a terrible week, and are now insanely successful comedians. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and And then there's guys like me who went to JFL the first time and had an amazing week. And and fucking, you know, just whoo, struggle bus, you know. <laughs> but but whatever, it's life. It's it's it's, it's like, like just, you got to put all your stock in yourself, not in a festival in Canada. Right. Uh, Nick and Brad are really really funny. They're really great sketch people. Um, they're Emmy nominated sketch people. If anything, I will also yeah. really concur that uh, it's not special anymore, man. I mean, it, wait, but there you go. Right there. You said they are Emmy nominated. Uh-huh. Why the fuck are you putting them in a new faces category? Yeah. They're Emmy nominated. They, if they win the Emmy, the, the Emmy nominated, that automatically supersedes. outdoes. Notice I tried search for another word except for Trump's because I'm trying not to use that anymore. Right. But right. that automatically supersedes JFL. Mm-hmm. And they still are like, no, that, you see, I guess that's what pisses me off is they almost don't have enough belief in their own fucking branding to right. actually get new faces anymore. Right. And they then the unrep people, know? like every time I've heard it, like, you know, they're really unrepped, but they don't get any traction out of it. Dude, they fucked those kids over. I'm sorry to say that, man. A few years ago, Ari, again, dropping Ari's name, but a few years ago, Ari wrote like a letter to Mm -hmm. the festival being like you've got to treat these fucking kids with more respect and show them a little more like give them a hotel room at least or pay for their flight like these are not a separate shittier hotel yeah yeah and like a bunch of us signed it i think like 60 70 comedians signed it and he did it on like respectfully he didn't post about it he didn't put it out on social media he gave it directly to them under the guise of directly from us to directly to them and they, they like sent a very respectful, like, thank you for not going public with this. And then they did nothing about it to my, to my knowledge. Wow. And like a few years, one of the years at Montreal, I hosted the unrep showcase and it was like at a venue on the other side of town, right. far as fuck away from where all the shit's happening. Uh, and in a, in a, not a bad venue, but definitely not the best venue. And there was absolutely nobody there. There was in a, 
maybe 100-seat room, there was about 15 people there. Zero percent of them were industry. If you're going for unrepped, you're not going to perform in front of 15 fucking Quebecois. You're going to try and get some sort of, you know what I mean? And it's, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. Exactly. And I've heard, I, and I've heard a lot of people who've done the unrep say that conditions had not improved in the subsequent years. So like, maybe he should have gone public up. with the letter. <laughs> I don't know, maybe, but like, I wish I, I'll, I'll dig it up and send it to you. If I can find it, it was a very respectfully like, Hey, yeah. cause like there are, cause like there are things at that fest that are amazing. Like, yeah. Some great, there's some amazing shows at that festival. But if you're going to have amazing shows, don't just be like, well, you know, sometimes a couple of them slip through the cracks because that's fucked up. It's no. people, you know, I don't know, just, I wish that quality seems to be something across the board that no one gives a shit about anymore. Not just festivals, mm-hmm. networks. Yeah. It's, it's all quality. We got to get back to it. Anyway, that's, that's the whole the, my whole mission statement, Sean. All right, good. I'll sign it, off on it. It has been since day one. I'll sign off. I'll sign Ari's name so people you know will care more. <laughs> what? Bureau's almost ten years old, man. It will be ten years old next month. That's good to know, little baby, little baby Bureau. Now's a, now's a, now it can walk and talk and shit its own pants. <laughs> Uh, all right, so that's it for news. Okay, sweet. Um, please regale me with what you have been doing with this time in lockdown, quarantine. If you want to call it quar, I fucking hate that. But who sure. calls it? Who, who calls it? Who does that? Who calls it quar? The Los Culturistas uh, guys call it quar. No, good for them. Good for them. I love uh, Rogers and Bowen Yang. I do not like the word quar. Good for them. Uh, the um. I mean, it's been shows are back in New York. I think it's because, like, New York, the first month, six months, or a month, six weeks or so here, you know, everyone was fucking terrified because I was getting texts from everyone. Just like, are you okay? Is the city okay? Or, or yeah. are they shutting down shit? It's like, no, every, no, it's never been, that was never the case. But, like, the, the city as a whole took it really goddamn seriously from the get go. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah late May and April were like, whoa. I mean, I was fucking, well, I was bleaching groceries and shit. Right. Wiping down groceries with disinfectant wipe and stuff. But uh, I wore, every time I left the house to go on walks and shit, where I would would do it at night when there would definitely be no one else around, I would still wear gloves. It was ridiculous. Um, uh, But then like by May or so, it was like, like now it's, cases are pretty low and people still take it really fucking seriously like mm-hmm. these all these shows are outdoors right. um they pretty much every show will have multiple mics or someone wiping down the mics in between comics right um are they wiping the whole mic because that's what oh yeah the whole mic yeah they wipe the whole fucking thing some, some um the head and that worries me well because yeah but i mean yeah, yeah. I, I also, I think a lot of comics like myself have the have the sanitizer ready to go. A lot of clubs or a lot of shows will also have that too. Like right as you get off, there's a jar of sanitizer. You're, you know what I mean? So it's like if you did touch the other guy or something. But like, you know, shows in New York are, there's a lot happening. Like I said, they're all outdoors. I've been trying to do as many as I can. Uh, 
it does suck when it rains because, but then the only solace there is like, well, if my show gets canceled, that means every show's gotten canceled. Yep. So if I'm not getting stage time because of a rain out, no one is. That makes you feel a little bit better in a dark fucking way. Yeah. Um, and I mean, like, it's great because I'm, dude, I've got, there's like, there's LA comics who are coming here and have the fucking audacity uh-huh. to be like, hey, can you help me get some of these spots? And you're like, you fucking yoinks. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, we're fucking fighting over rooftop spots. You would be like, oh, wait, hold on. I'm sorry. Can you clear the way? Someone from someone who lives in LA and has been shitting on me for the past five years for, for not wanting to move to the paradise that is Los Angeles is now coming back here for rooftop time. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm giving people <laughs> shit. Like, like I, I, I've definitely helped a couple of people get spots, but like, it's just funny. Cause you've got like, you've got like more than you think LA comics being like, Hey, I'm coming out to New York for a couple of weeks to get out of LA, try to get some stage time. It's like yeah. <laughs> fucking funny. Yeah. Um, well, that's because, well, there, eh, there's not very much going on here in L.A. Which is, which is shocking to me because it's, it is. You, guys, you guys have the weather and the space to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. People keep fucking up our, uh, our numbers. Uh, like, yeah, you're, you're, you're flanked by, what, uh, Orange County and whatever the other, oh, whatever yeah. north is. Yeah, yeah, and also, I mean, not only that, I mean – there are people that aren't, I mean, it's not a giant amount of people, but enough people are just like, eh, you know, I didn't get it for six months. So I was just stopped taking it seriously. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I mean, like, look, I, yeah, I've gone on the road twice now. I've, I had to cancel a fuck ton of work. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to get a lot of it rebooked. Or like throughout. I mean, I, I, dude, it was, it was basically happening. It was basically, it got to the point where on the, like, from the 21st to the 23rd of every month, right. I would be canceling the next month. I would get like final note. Like it would be like a final decision. Finally be like, no, we're just going to, we just, cause I wasn't doing any shows in Texas. That's really what it was. That I was like, fuck, everything was pulling the plug. And now it's hard because a lot of the clubs, like we're definitely, we want to have you back, but then, you know, the ones that'll be honest with me are like, you know, you're not this hard ticket seller yet. And we can't, fuck with anybody who doesn't like they need to f- sell these places out because they've been closed right. for months as well so it's like right. you know guy a guy like me i'm on the back burner now which is hard which is hard to deal with but you just gotta fucking accept the glamour of the comedy life baby um so sorry but uh that's what it is man like it, you gotta be grateful for what you got and you gotta just in a way it inspires you to push a little bit harder you know um and uh but going on the road that I, the place I have gone, I've gone to North Carolina and Ohio. I mean, I'm, I'm going to say my experience is everyone was pretty much on the level. Like I flew Delta, which is by far the, 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 they got the right fucking idea. Like they're very, very strict about masks and where they seat you. And like, they, they, they now, and it only took a pandemic to make this happen, but they board the plane fucking properly, like every other country on the planet, from the rear. Right. So that you sit from the back, so you don't have to walk past or through people and like, excuse me, excuse me. I mean, first class can still sit where, whenever they want or board whenever they want, but I get upgraded because I'm platinum. And I'm going to say this to other first class people, during this pandemic, if you board before everyone else, you're a fucking asshole. Like you're going to have, you're going to have a more comfortable flight. You're going to be in a more chill situation. Just let the fucking everybody else board during this shit. It's so, a 15 you know, minute wait. 
It's a 15 minute wait, and half of us didn't pay for the first class tickets. More, fuck that. None of us did at this point. We're yeah. all getting upgrade because they all wanted to keep. They want us to keep, or they want to keep our business. So don't be a fucking jerk about it. Let, I don't know. I, I hate that shit. When you're bored, you still see the same that same douchebag just like elbow spread on his phone, sipping his bottle of water. It's like you see, you see what you're doing. Right. It doesn't matter that you have a mask on. You're doing the reason they're boarding the flight from the back anyway. Anyway, whoo! But both venues were very fucking respectful. We're kind of had the same rule. It was like while at the table. You can take your mask off, eat and drink, but when you got up to go to the bathroom or whatever, you had to put it back on. Um, what were we talking? Uh, well, both of them were outdoor venues, well, okay. venues that did outdoor stuff. All right, so, so I mean, the, the most I think I had was 150 at Go Bananas oh, cool. out in their parking lot. But they, you know, they see everybody. And I kind of just think, like, look, no one wants to spread this disease. No one wants to spread this virus. No one wants to be that person. And I get it. I read all the tweets from a lot of L.A. comics. I, I got to admit, it was a lot of West Coast people just yeah. shitting on any comedian who is touring right now. But the bottom line is some of us weren't fucking lucky enough or smart enough to get writing jobs mm-hmm. and still need to actually make a living. And all of the all of the PUA and assistance money is run out. It's not fucking there's no unemployment for this shit. And all of the loans that I got are gone. Mm-hmm. So it's like I can't. If you go out there and you just don't fucking do what, you know, I mean, I don't want to shit on the guys, but what Schaub and, you know, they did when they fucking went to San Antonio and basically made out with every audience member. If you just, if, if you just don't do that, if you go out there and just be cool and fucking, you know, after shows, just be like, Hey, I'm not touching you, but hi, you know, if you want to, if you want a picture, put your mask back on, sorry, or just take a picture of me by myself. But like, Mm-hmm. If you go out there, and, and I think most comedians are, like, you know, Shane uh, Torres, he t- he's touring with Bert, and yeah. he's like, dude, they take it mad seriously. But they do drive-ins, right? They do drive-ins, but he's done a couple indoor spots, and he says even there, they, like, space everyone out. He doesn't touch anyone. They, nobody's yeah. allowed to get near anyone. And, like, I will that's just, say, yeah. you know? Yeah, I will say, with, like, protests. Um, yeah, exactly. Everybody is outside, distance. They all wear masks. We don't really hang out afterwards. Dude, I remember, yeah, exactly. During the protests here, and it was cold-ish. No, I'm sorry, it was hot when this happened here because it was fucking June. But um, we were, it, it felt fine. Like, we weren't touching each other. You think about other protests before this, like, you'd have been high-fiving and hugging and fucking 69-ing because, you know, there's those freaks, protest, mm-hmm. those protest freaks who are like, <laughs> ooh, civil unrest makes me so horny. But even they... Uh-huh. It's like, nope, we can't do it during this one. So, like, that's proof that if you just don't touch and just be mindful of it, even if you're not. Because here's the thing. I don't – I'm going to say this on your podcast because I imagine your podcast listeners are probably smarter than your average human being. I don't actually believe that it's six feet is necessary. I honestly think they say that because they know the American public's fucking stupid. They're like, hey, we should say six feet, when in reality it's probably only three feet. But – Still try and be six feet. That's my whole thing. Right. I will say that Boris Johnson uh, decided. Fucking idiot. But he decided to not do the six feet slash two meters because a bunch of business owners, I'm assuming uh, people who own pubs, they're like, we can't make any money because our pubs are too small and we can't social distance. And he was like, fine, we just won't do it. 
and yeah. they're on their second full on lockdown now. Yeah, so. exactly. Like bar, like bars in New York, you can't go inside, and the ones you can go inside starting, I think, tomorrow are only you can only have like twenty five percent. And I've been in some of the bars where the layout is, and all of the bars have a shield now, and they all have like half tables. It's like so there, people are going to be publicly. It's got look, life's going to get to the point where shit's got to reopen. I know it's a harsh reality; no one wants it to, but like. The, this pandemic is it's going to take a long fucking time and a lot of people can't make money and can't survive and i know a deadly disease doesn't help but i feel like fuck man like if we can all just agree to find a way to do it safely we gotta let it happen we have to let it happen yeah well that's the problem is agreeing exactly to- and because there's a gigantic baby twerp at top who is esconded all his responsibility and leaving everybody to do their own thing. Yeah. That's, that's the big problem. We can't yep. do what New Zealand does because no one's on the same page. Yep. Where um, like, all right, we're just going to pay you to stay home. And no, uh, no, no. yeah, just do it. Where'd you guys, get, it's like, where'd you guys get all that money to pass off stay home? It's like, ah, oh, we, uh, we've been taking it from you and, putting in the right we, we we didn't spend it isn't that right. crazy because america they spend it they, it's weird they take it from you mm-hmm. and then they lose it all on wall street in one year it's it's nuts but we didn't do yeah. that we kept yeah. it safe for you so yeah. here you go or, or you know like uh we, we we are funding this new fighter jet program for a fighter jet that we'll actually never have to use because like who's going to have a full-scale war anymore and you know if we just didn't buy five of those um we could probably have pua for another seven months yeah if they were if they gave everyone an a a rational amount of money comparable to what you'd normally make for say four months Mm -hmm. of i'd I'd stay home i wouldn't try and tour Mm -hmm. but like there's a certain point where it's like and i can't and it's not like you suck at comedy just get a different job so you don't have to leave it's like i can't you can't even do that Mm -hmm. you know like i this is all and like this is all i wouldn't like but aside from that, it's like this was good. 2020 was going to be such a great year for touring for me. And I know everybody says 2020 was going to be such a great year, et cetera. But like it really was. And now I've, now it's just like piecing together what you can to push forward. And hey, we're all in the same. We're all in this boat. Oh, yeah. And we're all paddling. We just got to get on the right. Hey, let's let's paddle like this. Right. And some people are like, no, we're going to paddle. I'm going to paddle with my arms. It's like, no, use the oar. Mm-hmm. And we'll be fine. Right. Uh, I know we're almost out of time, but yeah. I do wonder, do, living through Katrina, does that help you through this at all? In some ways. Like, I feel like... Uh, live through, like, the worst of it, right? Yeah. It's it's a good metaphor for, like, you know, pe- pe- you know uh, it's a storm that came that people were told about for uh, enough time to get out of the way or to do something about it. it, it that's not what happened. And it's also because the, uh, the government officials had no program in place really to help. And then it completely devastated the city of new Orleans. And there was a, there was a time afterwards where it was like, how in the fuck is this ever going to function again? And it, it did. And now it's, you know, up until now, I mean, but you know what I mean? Like it, it, it got completely back on its feet and is argue, arguably a better city than it was pre storm. So like, I think it's a good representation of what this is. It's like a, this, this virus that, officials were told was coming for a while 
mm-hmm. and to be ready for. And then our current administration completely shit the bed, dropped the ball. And now we're living through the devastation part. Oh, yeah. But if I've seen it happen with one city and that city being New Orleans, which is a lazy ass city, I love it to fucking pieces, but ain't nobody trying to fucking work there. You know what I mean? Just trying to live. Uh, I just, I, well, I got, fuck, I got to get up, man. I just want to have another, you know, like that's a very New Orleans attitude. It's just like, you know, let the good times roll. It still got it shit together and repaired itself. And, you know, like I said, there's better off for it in a way. So like, I think we can do that as a country. I certainly hope so, man. I certainly hope so. I'm glad you're out at shows. I, uh, I, hope that they're, they continue to be safe. I'm glad that people are taking it seriously. Um, Absolutely. I, some, I feel like some New York shows I feel a little concerned by, but I mean, I can only see from pictures. I really don't know because I'm not there. No, uh, I haven't. I, I, I can tell you the ones I've been to, the ones I do, mm-hmm. I would, I, no concern. Yeah. They're pretty strict about right. people sitting and right. stuff. Well, also, I would add part of the reason we haven't had some shows here is um, our state's on fire. So. That's true. That that that'll that will dissuade fun. Yeah. But I hope that's okay, man. Cause that shit's terrifying. Oh yeah. No, we we had a there in one day our state was on fire. We had an earthquake, and uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg died. In California? Not in California. All right. If she, if she'd have died in California, I'd have been like, get the fuck out of that state. <laughs> it's it's something. It's a fucking it, yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah. But that was a rough day. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But, you know, I, 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 you know, good luck to everyone out there in that, in that, that shit's just horrifying. And I hope everybody pulls through. Yeah, me too. Um, it's great to see you, man. Where can people find you online? Uh, anything you want to promote? Uh, go to my Instagram at Mr. Sean Patton. That's my most active and that's where I promote everything. And, uh, buy my album, Scuttlebutt. Scuttlebutt and standard operating uh, procedure. Buy them both if you'd like. Hell yeah. They're, they're um, great. Thanks, bud. Yeah, absolutely. Love having you on. Great to see you, Sean. <laughs> Are you playing Acme next year? Is that what I read on your website? Uh, New Year's, like the end of the year. So oh, like the end of the year, early next year, yeah. Hopefully. We'll see. Hopefully, yeah. Now yeah, we'll see. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's like live listings on the Comedy Bureau that I had to take off. Norm McDonald will not be playing the Brea Improv this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Oh, well. um, the Comedy Bureau can be found at thecomedybureau.com. I'm Jay Kroger, the creator of the Comedy Bureau. You uh, can find the Comedy Bureau on socials at the Comedy Bureau uh, across platforms. Um, you can find me at Not the Supermarket on Instagram and on M- at MFJ Kroger on Twitter. Uh, there are a lot of great th- causes to support at this time, so I would urge you to support those. But if you've got money and generosity left after that, I could really use your help um, for all the reasons that we explained about capitalism earlier in this episode. Um, there's a GoFundMe, Patreon, demo, all that will be in the show notes. Uh, as I like to say at the end of every episode, comedy is still happening. Would you like to say anything as we say? Uh, it, it is. I agree. That's it. Comedy is still happening. So is life. Let's live it. Absolutely. Safely. Uh, and safely indeed. And as the great Brody Stevens would say, enjoy it. Indeed. The Comedy Bureau Field Report is recorded, produced, and edited by Jake Kroger. 
Music by Brennan Guineo. Artwork by Andrew Delman and KT. And part of the Believe Podcast family. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.